You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing Arsenal's reported plans to sell Bern Leno next summer. We're going to be discussing Ivan Tony's comments about the Arsenal. We're going to be talking about the two positions Arsenal are targeting, supposedly, come the January transfer window. And we'll be touching on Fabrizio Romano's comments regarding our star boy. All of that and plenty more to come during this episode. We're also going to be taking your questions and thoughts, as always, from the live chat box. So really, really looking forward to that. Let's say a few hellos. Big hello to the Arsenal granny, to Steve Stone, to Zita, uh, to Felipe, to Graham, who is still enjoying his time in sunny Corfu. He says, I hear the weather is not good with you. It has been chucking it down, Graham, all day, all day. I ran across the garden to get from my house into the man cave and um, I ended up uh, stepping in a puddle and uh, it went through and wet my socks, which is so annoying, so bloody annoying. And it shouldn't be happening. You know, it's still early, mid-September, so a little bit frustrating, but I hope you're enjoying your holiday, mate. And uh Make sure you lap up the sunshine because I tell you what, when you get back, it will be gone. Uh, big hello to uh, Asaf, who is joining us as well. Hope you're well, my friend. Uh, Sam is in the chat, as is Brad, as is Melford, Omar, uh, as is Sai. Uh, welcome, all of you, and I uh, hope everybody is uh, well. We have put a poll in the YouTube uh, comment section. We'll be uh, discussing that poll in just a little bit. So cast your votes if you haven't done so already. Uh, let's kick off then with that story regarding Bernd Leno. Now, of course, Bernd Leno, been at the club for a few seasons now, and I think has divided opinion. Okay. I think that when Bernd Leno first came in, a lot of us looked at him and felt that he was a different type of goalkeeper to Petr Cech, that he was the type of goalkeeper who would be more comfortable with the ball at his feet. And actually, as time's gone on, we've seen that He's not all that great in that particular department. And I think now more so than ever under Mikel Arteta with his current style of play, I think we've seen the problems that that causes. We know that Arsenal signed Aaron Ramsdale this summer and there's been a lot of debate around why Arsenal went out and spent in excess of £25 million to bring in a goalkeeper who we all think or thought might spend quite a bit of time on the substitutes bench this season. The report from the Daily Mail that I am referring to suggests that the plan was all along that Bern Leno would be eased out of the number one position by the end of this season. And that by that point, Aaron Ramsdale will have established himself as the number one. Therefore, the Gunners are open to selling the 29-year-old Bern Leno next summer. Now, There have been rumours around Bern Leno's future for a while now. You know, this is not new. We are not just hearing that there is an opportunity or a possibility that Bern Leno would leave the football club. He's been, I don't want to say quoted because I don't think he said it that outright or that clearly, but there have been rumours and reports that he fancies a move away, that London, um, London life and life in particular at Arsenal is not really going as he'd have planned and that he may 
want to move on. Now, remember, Bern Leno's uh, contract currently with the Gunners expires in 2023, which means if Arsenal don't sell him next summer, they'd lose him the following summer on a free transfer. So taking all of that into consideration, this does make sense. This report from Sammy Mockbell at the Daily Mail does make sense. You have to say. Now, Bern Leno, for me, is somebody that I've just had enough of. And this might sound harsh and this might sound perhaps a little bit over the top or perhaps a little bit strong uh, to some. But I'm just at the point with Bern Leno where I, I don't want to see him in goal for Arsenal anymore. I appreciate that you need to have a couple of very good goalkeepers in your squad to compete nowadays. And we've seen, especially last season at times when we called on Runison, that it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't the right thing and that we were very weak without Bern Leno. And even though us as fans, we we went through periods where we were almost cursing him and saying, what is he doing? You know, he's letting us down time after time after time. Actually, he's still miles and head and shoulders better than Alex Runarsson was. Then we brought Matty Ryan in and a lot of us sort of sat there and thought, well, we know that Matty Ryan's coming as a backup. We've got European football as well. And so Matt Ryan will get his opportunities um, and, and, and they can compete for the number one spot. But I guess going into this season, bringing in another goalkeeper was key. I think a lot of us would have settled for Arsenal, bringing in maybe a bit of a stopgap goalkeeper, somebody that would come in who was maybe younger or at the, the back end of his career, perhaps with experience, who could backfill the position and could take over from Bernardo in the event he was unavailable, with a view to us almost kicking the can down the road, knowing that we needed to spend money elsewhere and then addressing that position next summer. But actually, Arsenal have done something very different. And they've brought in Aaron Ramsdale, who the club believe can go on to be Arsenal's number one for many, many years to come. Now, I'm not saying that Aaron Ramsdale is the finished article. I am not saying that I was overly enthralled by the signing of Aaron Ramsdale. And I'm not saying that he is definitely 100% going to go on to be a top, top goalkeeper. I hope he will, because obviously he's an Arsenal player and I support him and I back him. But it feels to me like if you're not happy with Burn Leno and you don't see Burn Leno as part of the future, which Arsenal clearly don't, because they've gone and spent £25 million on another goalkeeper. Mikel Arteta made a big decision, I thought, at the weekend to leave Bern Leno out and start with Aaron Ramsdale. Well, if that's your approach, if that's what you're going to do, if that's how you view the future and that's how you see Arsenal moving forward, then stick to it and keep Aaron Ramsdale in goal until he does something wrong. Because the only way you get that kind of competition and you breed that sort of competitive nature within the club is if players, when they perform, keep their places equally. When they don't perform, they're swapped out. And look, I, I believe that today, Bern Leno and Aaron Ramsdale, in terms of goalkeepers, in terms of their overall ability as goalkeepers, you know, I, I still might make Bern Leno the slightly better goalkeeper based on the fact that he's he's older, he's more experienced. He, he has made match-winning saves and point-winning saves for Arsenal during his time at the club. There's no denying that. But I think there are other elements to Aaron Ramsdale's game that maybe close that gap. You know, you talk about Berlin, a seasoned German international, somebody who's been at the club for a while, somebody who plays on the biggest stages, has played on the biggest stages. And then you look at Aaron Ramsdale, whose record previously is a little bit questionable given the relegations, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we are embarking on a project here. I've talked a lot and defended Arsenal a lot in terms of their transfer activity, in terms of the plan. Now, I've said time and time again, I don't know if that plan 
is going to work. I, nobody can be sure. I don't know if the transfers and the signings that we've made over the course of the last few months are going to be enough to get us back to where we want to be straight away. But if that is your plan, then go all in on it. Go all in on it. And, um, and you know, give these players that you've brought into the club with a view to them holding down those positions for years to come, give them that responsibility and let's see what they're made of. And, and with Aaron Ramsdale, I really like his communication. He seems to be uh, a little bit more vocal and a little bit more in tandem with the back line. And I'm basing that, I know, on not very much, but I'm basing it on the game against Norwich. I was watching Aaron Ramsdale very, very closely. I think I, I like his attitude better. He seems like he really cares, like he's really committed. And that's very different to how I've been talking about Bern Leno, somebody who's almost hinted that he wants to leave the club, who clearly doesn't look uh, very, very happy, who maybe is fed up with the criticism that he's received over the years. I don't know. But I just think that Ramsdale, looking at him against Norwich, and it will be against Norwich, and I know there will be much bigger and more difficult challenges to come. I just feel like Aaron Ramsdale is more the type of character that we need in the squad to move forward. Equally, it's great to have both of them at the club and it's great to have both of them pushing each other. And it's great to have uh, the pair of them, you know, fighting for that spot and, and one waiting in the wings while the other one plays. And, and the one playing always has that pressure and always has that understanding that if they don't do the business, if they don't perform to a certain level, they are going to... Um, you know, they're going to lose their place. So that's healthy competition. But I also appreciate it's not always easy to keep two players like that happy, especially goalkeepers, because there is only one position up for grabs. And of course, without European football, that makes it even more difficult. You can't give somebody the six group games in the Europa League, the knockouts phases, you know, the, the two legs in each of those rounds to kind of appease them and keep them quiet and keep them off your back. You're in a position now as Mikel Arteta where you have to make a call one way or the other. Who is going to be your number one? Is it going to be chopping and changing depending on form? In which case, if Ramsdale, for example, is the number one now and doesn't put a foot wrong, Bert Leno could find himself on the bench for six to eight weeks. And that's not something that he's going to want. So I appreciate the difficulties of this situation. But if there is any doubt about Bern Leno, and given his contract expires in 2023, I think that selling him next summer, as is being reported by the Daily Mail, is the right way to go. Why lose him for free? You know, we've done that so much over the past few years, you know. And, and again, look, Bern Leno, I don't expect him to fetch mega money. Uh, I really don't. He'll be 30 by then. I know that's still relatively young for a goalkeeper. Remember, goalkeepers tend to go on that little bit longer in their careers and probably aren't even at their best until that sort of point. So I think that Berliner would have some value. And I think that, you know, you can say you plan to sell him next summer, but that will be dependent, I guess, on how Ramsdale performs over the course of the season when given the opportunities. If you're asking me right now who I would pick as the number one, and, and this brings me nicely into uh, the poll uh, that we've got uh, running at the moment in the chat box, I'm not, you know... I'm not even saying that Ramsdale is definitely categorically right now better than Bern Leno and should be playing every single week. But there's something in me that says, I've been watching this Arsenal team for a few years now. A lot of these players have been at the club for a period of time. A lot of them have failed to deliver. A lot of them have made so many errors and left us as fans feeling so frustrated that I can no longer back them 
and I can no longer support them. And sometimes just a breakaway is needed. And I felt like that about Granite Xhaka in the summer, if you remember, although I didn't feel that Roma's offer was sufficient, I had kind of got to a point mentally where I felt, okay, I don't think he's the worst player in the world. It's a bit like how I feel about Bern Leno. I do think he can be of service to the club. I do think he can do a job for the club. But ultimately, it's one of those things where there's too much water under the bridge. And so you just need to part ways, part company and move on. And I feel like that with Bern Leno. I really, really do. Um, I think he's made countless errors. I think his distribution is awful. I don't look at him and see someone that is inc- that is very committed to the cause. I see someone who's there and, and from time to time turns up, makes some excellent saves. And actually, if Aaron Ramsdale makes a couple of mistakes along the way, but continues to show the levels of commitment that we've seen in his first couple of performances, constantly communicates with the defence and grows with the likes of Ben White and Gabriel and Takahiro Tomiyasu and, and you know, Kieran Tierney, then, then I'm OK with that because... I appreciate and I understand that although the Arsenal fan base in general right now are unhappy with with where we are, this is a longer term project. And I can't sit here and say, you know, it's not a long term project and, you know, and and contradict myself. It is a long term project, but I also recognise and I think most people recognise that actually, although this is something that is probably going to take time before we see the true benefit of it, you kind of need to go all in or not do it at all. And and I think finding the balance between, um, you know, some of the other experienced players, the likes of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in the side, who I feel is still so important. It's still so important that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scores goals for Arsenal to have a really good chance of getting to where they need to get to or achieving their objectives for the season. But with Burn Leno and Aaron Ramsdale, I don't see all that much difference. I don't see one player like Aubameyang is head and shoulders, in my opinion, above Martinelli, Balogun and Ketia at this point. I don't see that with Leno and Ramsdale. I don't see that much of a disparity. I don't see that much of a difference. And so I would lean towards Aaron Ramsdale now and I'd stick him in the team at Burnley because I, I don't think he put a foot wrong at the weekend. I think he did well when he got the opportunity in the Carabao Cup as well. And I also think that Aaron Ramsdale is, is, and sometimes it comes down to personal preference, but I prefer goalkeepers of Ramsdale's ilk. I like my goalkeepers to come out and claim crosses. I like my goalkeepers to dominate their penalty area. I like my goalkeeper to be on the edge of the box and ready to go when his defence push up so that they can squeeze an opponent. And I just think he's better suited right now to what it is Arsenal are doing. I think he can he can really be uh, a good sign-in. And, and as I say, if if he continues in this vein and continues to develop and continues to improve, a year down the line, none of us are going to be talking about that £25 million fee. But I just, I recognise that there isn't that much difference in the two right now. But I just think that we are looking to the future. It's clearly the strategy. Contrary to what lots of our fans will tell you, Mikel Arteta isn't getting sacked in the next few weeks. Mikel Arteta has been given the trust of the football club and they understand, at least internally, that it's probably going to be a little bit of time before we get to where we need to get to. And that's why I'm saying if that is your strategy, if that is your plan, then go all in on it. Go all in on it and um, and get and sort of don't get caught up in this whole thing of holding on to players that have for years not been up to standard. 
Let's go over to the chat box. Let's pick out that poll because I did put a poll in the chat box. Uh, and my question was, who do you feel deserves to be Arsenal's number one at present? We've got 84% of you voting Aaron Ramsdale, just 16% for Bern Leno. So that feeling uh, that I've had and that I've just expressed is not exclusive to me. It seems there are a lot of Arsenal fans who are at the end of their tether with Bern Leno and want to see Aaron Ramsdale be given the opportunity now to make that position his, his own in the coming weeks. And and just referring back to that Daily Mail report, if that is the case, then I, I'm, I'm sure Arsenal will look to sell Bern Leno and recuperate some transfer funds for him come next summer, given that his contract is due to expire in June 2023. Right, the next thing I wanted to talk about on this edition of the podcast is Ivan Tony. Now, the Brentford striker has been uh, talking about Arsenal. He's been, uh, I guess, mocking us, if you want to put it that way. And I'll just read you some of the quotes from Ivan Tony before, um, before I go on to share my thoughts on them. He says, Arsenal fans are going to batter me for this. But you see the Arsenal at the moment, and they're not the best. There was a difference between the Championship and the Premier League, referring back to that first game of the season. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't crazy like if you make a mistake, it's going to end up in the back of the goal. I didn't really see that. They were good at keeping the ball, but it didn't really affect us. They weren't as crazy as I thought they would be. I don't know if it was whether they weren't so good or we were just excited as it was our first game and it was Arsenal and the Premier League and all these things came into the picture. I just didn't see them how they used to be. You used to look at Arsenal and think they were crazy and they were going to win this game. These days, I don't see them winning nothing anytime soon. He also made a comment about about the striker situation at Arsenal as well. Um, let me let me share my thoughts on this Ivan Tony thing, right? Because for me, this is a disgrace, okay? I am sick and tired of, by Premier League standards, nobodies, okay, taking aim at Arsenal, finding the opportunity to have a dig, have a go, um, in order to get themselves in the headlines and to raise their profile. Troy Deeney used to do it before. Um, you know, Troy Deeney talked about cojones, whatever he talked about. And some people will say, well, he had a point, you know, let him say it. You know, he had a point. He's he's absolutely spot on. I don't give a shit if Ivan Tony's spot on. I don't give a shit if Troy Deeney is spot on. We are the Arsenal. This football club will always demand more respect than any of those two players I've just mentioned. Neither of them have achieved the dizzy heights that Arsenal Football Club have achieved. Ivan Tony commenting about Arsenal strikers, for me, is is embarrassing. Ivan Tony, who's scored goals in League One, scored goals in the Championship, sure, but has yet to prove himself in the Premier League. It's embarrassing. It Honestly, it is. I think that as a professional, you have a responsibility to show basic respect to your fellow professionals. And I'll tell you what, Ivan Tony, you want to talk about strikers. The day you win the Premier League golden boot like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has, then you can start talking about Arsenal's striker situation. Then you can start discussing what Arsenal maybe need to do in order to improve. But for me, it shows a lack of professionalism. You get players going on these, I think it was a podcast that he went on, and that's absolutely fine. But for me, 
you've got a responsibility, I feel, as a professional to show a basic level of respect. And especially when you're somebody who's not even got close to achieving what some of the players you're talking about have achieved. That, for me, is, is completely unacceptable. If Cristiano Ronaldo wants to come out and talk about Arsenal and talk about Arsenal's fall from grace, I wouldn't like it because I would defend my club against anyone who wants to criticise them. Anyone from the outside that wants to criticise them. We as Arsenal fans, we spend money. You know, we we support our club with time, with effort. In whatever way you want to put it, we have a right to comment on our club. We have a right to discuss and to criticise our football club. What right does Ivan Tony have to talk about Arsenal Football Club? Absolutely none, just like Troy Deeney. And for me, this is, again, a classic example of small-time footballers. All right, small-time is, is not the right term, but they're not world superstars, okay? Taking a swipe at our club, having a dig at our club to try and raise their profile. And, and for me, you know, uh, people saying in the chat, it, but it's the truth, it's not disrespectful, if it's the truth or Inter says our fans are so soft. No, it's not being soft. It's actually being the opposite. It's being the complete opposite. It is standing up and defending your club against pointless, needless attacks from people whose opinion is quite frankly irrelevant. You know, Ivan Tony doesn't watch Arsenal every single week. Ivan Tony wants to talk about the quality of Arsenal strikers when he goes and scores 15 Premier League goals in a season which is something that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang achieved even if he's even in his worst campaign last time out then he can um, then he can come to the table and he can talk about Arsenal but until that point you don't slag off people that are in a better position than you you don't slag off people that have achieved more than you as i say you can take it from a top top quality player you can you can not like it but you can respect it i can't respect it from Ivan Tony the guy couldn't even hold down a place at Newcastle He's come up promoted with Brentford, scored one goal in the division so far, and he's acting as though, he, you know, he's, he's prime Didier Drogba. Sorry, Ivan Tony, but you're not there yet, mate. You haven't earned the right to talk about this football club. And I think it's disrespectful, shows a massive lack of professionalism. And, and you know, let's make him pay for it when they come to Emirates Stadium because it's, you know, it, it's it's almost like, and, and and this is what irritates me as well. I get irritated when Arsenal fans go, oh, well, it's true. Let him say what he wants. Part of being a football fan and supporting a club and following a club is that you defend that club, is that you are tribal in the sense of you care about that club and you will put that club and, and their reputation and, and the, the respect ahead of anybody else in the game. Okay? For me, it's... I just, it frustrates me that there are Arsenal fans out there that will just take that. And then we get Arsenal fans telling me in the comments that I'm soft and that Arsenal fans are soft. No, soft is letting Ivan Tony talk about that without calling him out on it. Soft is letting a championship striker, because that's all he is at the moment, right? He hasn't proven himself that he can score double figures in the Premier League. He might do come the end of the season, but what, four games in, he scored once. You know, for me, I think that you you need to show some humility there. And I was one of those people who who was looking at Ivan Tony over the summer and looking back on the season he had last season and was very kind of complimentary of the way he almost ate his humble pie 
when he got turned away by Newcastle United, went down to League One, performed, got up to the Championship, performed, and now he had his opportunity in the Premier League. I didn't think he was that type of character, and perhaps that's contributing to why I'm so frustrated by these comments. But I just think that it's it's out of line, it's out of order, and we are the Arsenal, and I want to see us stuff Brentford when they come to the Emirates Stadium and stick it to Ivan Tony. As Matt says in the comments, I want our players to use his words when we go to Brentford or they're going to come to here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, completely agree. Right, moving on. Uh, just before we take a couple of your questions, I just wanted to touch on some reports doing the round suggesting that Arsenal are looking at uh, a holding midfield player and a striker with the January transfer window in mind. Now, the report does go on to say that Arsenal aren't looking to spend as significantly as they did during the summer, but that those are the two positions that Arsenal are ironing up. Let me know in the chat what you think about that. Uh, holding midfield is certainly a position I think we could strengthen in, and striker is one uh, as well, for sure. Uh, also, Fabrizio Romano has been talking about Bukayo Saka. He has suggested that there are a number of clubs starting to take interest in our star boy clubs who may well uh, make an approach. Uh, he does go on to say, though, that Arsenal see Bukayo Saka as untouchable and he's not somebody that we want to move on. So there we are. Right. Uh, just a quick reminder before we go on to your questions, start popping them in the chat, by the way, because we're going to take a few of your questions uh, in the next few minutes. Make sure if you haven't done so already that you have hit the like button. It really, really does help the channel. Um, really, really appreciate it. If you would do that, I can see currently there's over a couple of hundred of you watching. We've only got 50 likes on the board, though. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get that up to 100. If you are listening via the audio platforms, please do leave us a review. That really helps. And of course, subscribe on whichever platform it is that you are listening uh, to the podcast or watching the podcast via. Right, let's take uh, some of your questions in the chat box. Um, and just going back to the Ivan Tony bit quickly, Dwight Stevens says, Ivan Tony scores a lot of penalties. Is that what he's boasting about? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I get it. Like people can look at Arsenal, um, you know, and, and feel that Arsenal are not where they should be as a football club. And that to me is, is completely fair. I just think for a professional footballer, especially one who is yet to achieve playing for a club, even the size and the stature of Arsenal, I think it's a disrespectful comment to make. I think when he's, made the point about the strikers specifically, I think that's what tipped me over the edge because you are talking about strikers like Aubameyang, like Lacazette, who have achieved far more in the game than Ivan Tony. let's be honest, will probably ever achieve. And that for me is is unacceptable and I don't want to see that kind of thing. And, and what's it for? You know, what's he gaining out of it? Just trying to get a bit of clout, isn't he? just like a lot of people in the media nowadays, using Arsenal, cashing in on our failure, trying to use that as a way of elevating their profile and their kind of audience. It's just disgusting. Uh, it really is. Big hello to uh, Wandering Minstrel, who joins us in the chat box. He says, as a gooner, I want loyal supporters in the trenches next to me. No cynics uh, who put the price of everything at value of nothing. Yeah. Completely agree. I think as as Arsenal fans, you know, you talk about being loyal Arsenal fans. Part of loyalty is defending your corner when someone comes at you. And uh, I think that Ivan Tony's comments were unfair, uncalled for, unnecessary, and therefore uh, we should um, 
we should all uh, get behind the club and and in particular our strikers uh, off the back of that. Uh, Sam says, would you take Tony at Arsenal? No, I wouldn't. Genuinely, I wouldn't. Because, you know, we've, we've sat here over the course of the summer and we've picked apart Arsenal's transfer business and we've gone, oh, you know, Martin Odegaard, why did we sign him? And I'm just kind of repeating, um, you know, what, what some of those kind of opinions were at that point. Martin Odegaard, oh, he's not good enough. He doesn't score enough goals. Oh, we're talking about a kid that that spent the last few years at Real Madrid. Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, we don't want Aaron Ramsdale because he's been playing with clubs right at the bottom of the Premier League. Oh, you know, why did we go and get Sambi Lekonga? He's coming from Belgium. That's not a good enough league. And then people um, are trying to get me to kind of, or, or trying to, put the point across that we should be looking at a striker who is yet to prove himself in the Premier League. And that for me is is why I wouldn't take Ivan Tony. I never wanted Ivan Tony. It came up a couple of times in the summer. We talked about it briefly in passing. But for me, I think the step up from the Championship to the Premier League is huge. Despite what Ivan Tony says, the step up is huge. And sometimes we see teams and, and players come up and in their first season, you know, they hit the ground running and they really impress in the Premier League, but actually maintaining that much higher level over the course of another season then becomes very, very difficult. So no, I'm not um I'm not I'm not on the Ivan Tony hype train, especially not after this. Uh Dave Atkinson says, uh, did he not forget our main two strikers were out injured? Completely agree. Um, you know, it was like he completely dismissed that fact, like he completely overlooked. The fact that we played with Balogun and Martinelli, who are essentially reserve players at Arsenal at this moment in time. Yeah, you know, it. but that just kind of, again, doesn't it, Dave? It just kind of highlights how sort of simple-minded those comments are from Ivan Tony and how he's not taken into context anything that went on. And he's just been looking or, or was looking for a reason to take a jibe at Arsenal. I would have loved to have seen Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and, and Alexander Lacazette on the pitch that night to have torn Brentford a new one. And then uh, and then we would have seen what he'd be saying. Uh, let's see uh, what else uh, you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Robbie says, do you think AFTV have a lot to answer for leading young, easily influenced supporters to a negative complaining culture? I don't think AFTV are the only ones, but I do think that there is... I've said this before, look, and, and you know, even if AFTV pick up on this, they won't, I don't think they'll mind me saying this because I've said it before and I'll say it to them. It's not an issue for me. Do I think that they, they have a lot to answer for? I think at the beginning, it was, it was refreshing to see fans given a voice and an opportunity to express their opinions. And actually AFTV has been the inspiration for a lot of very good fan channels, very good podcasts. So I'm not going to say that AFTV can, as a, a thing is, is a bad thing, but I do think that when it got to a certain point in terms of its popularity and viewing figures, there was a responsibility on AFTV in my, this is my personal opinion, to make sure that they put reasoned, balanced people in front of the cameras and actually I think that the, the the whole thing took off by having certain characters and as a businessman, which you would be if you was running something like that, you would then look at that, the success that that's bringing and why would you change it? But I do think that 
we've made superstars out of ranters and ravers. I think we've made, you know, people that, in my opinions, balance. Uh, in my opinion, don't have balanced opinions, and and in some cases, play a game. Um, you know, reaping the rewards of that. So I do think that AFTV, you know, has had an impact on that, and I do think it's had an influence. I actually think that with a platform like that, though, now you've got to be looking to change it up. You know, you, you've got your audience, you've got your um, notoriety, if, if that's the word. You know, now change it, shift it up, get people on there that are going to be able to maybe influence fans in a more measured and balanced way or in a more educated way where people, you're giving them both sides of the argument and then you let them go and make up the, their minds on, on certain issues, not... F this guy, F that guy and, and all of that. And I do think recently they've tried to do that a little bit, but I don't know if that's something that's beyond the kind of turning around. And that's a question for them. I don't know. Steve Stone says, Harry, we have shown a weak mentality for some time. Do you think co uh, Tony's comments may help us to toughen up? You'd hope that comments like that would spur us on. Um, You know, I think there has been questions over Arsenal's mentality and rightly so for, for a number of years now. I just, again, look, if Arsenal can use those comments to inspire and, and to kind of really spur them on and, and get them performing at a different level and fire them up, then great. Then maybe they were a blessing in disguise, but I just, I can't get behind fellow professionals. It's like me. I'm, I'm, I do podcasting. I do writing. I do broadcasting. I might look at another podcaster and and I'm not saying that I'm better. I might look at another podcaster and think, no, I don't really like it. I don't like, really like his style or I don't really get engaged by this or it doesn't really grip me. But I would never publicly go out and, and put that opinion out. Because, why? Because not because I'm not being real, because it's, it's respect. I work hard to do what I do. I work hard to get to where I've got to. and. I appreciate that anybody in this position in an incredibly competitive industry has put in the hard yards and the graft. And at the very minimum, even if I don't enjoy their content, even if I don't find it engaging, even if I don't find it appealing, at minimum, there is a base level of respect there because they are doing what I'm doing. And, and that's the way I see it. And that's the way I think footballers should act as well. Uh, so it does uh, really frustrate me when I hear things like that. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Skips the 103 says, we used to be called supporters. Now we need to support the Arsenal on all fronts. Yeah, completely, um, completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, what else have we got um, in the chat box? Let's see. Uh, Lots of you uh, commenting on AFTV. We're not going to get dragged into that uh, too much. Um, Michael Grayson says, uh, I started watching YouTube channels about Arsenal because of AFTV. I stopped watching AFTV because they lost who they were. They're always looking for problems, not solutions. Um, Asaf says, uh, this is an interesting one off the back of that comment um, about uh, Fabrizio Romano and, and what he's been saying about Bakayo Saka. He says, following Fabrizio's report, for how much would you sell Saka and who would you get according to the price? Oh man, that's a really, really, uh, really tough question. How much would I sell Saka for that every player's got a price, hasn't, haven't they? Look, I'm, 
I'm of the opinion that Bukayo Saka is is a very bright and talented young individual who has a real chance of having a great career. I don't think that Bukayo Saka is the finished article, though. And this is going to draw some criticism, I'm sure, because I've just been talking about loyalty and supporting our players. and, And I think that's that's absolutely the way to go. I just feel like if you're being fair and you're doing it in a constructive way, then, then you you are entitled as a supporter to to make your points and 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 share your opinions and share your views. And I think that Bukayo Saka for me needs to be more clinical in the final third. I mean, he needs to finish his opportunities. You know, sometimes I look at him and I feel like everything is there, just barring that last action. I think he needs to make better decisions sometimes in the final third. And as I've said repeatedly over the last few weeks, I worry that we are placing too much emphasis um, on the likes of Saka, Smithrow to deliver week in, week out. And, you know, that could bite us in the arse. So what would I sell him for? I guess if somebody offered a hundred million pounds and look, I know that sounds like crazy money to some, it will be crazy too high and to some, it will be crazy low. But I just I'm looking at the current market right now and I just think like a hundred million uh for somebody like Bukayo Saka would make me consider it because I think you could go and buy two fifty million pound players with that who would strengthen you in another position, but also get you someone in Saka's position whereby the outputs would be improved. But it depends on how you see it. You know, do you see the sentimental side of it? Do you see the nostalgic side of it? Do you see the the whole um you know, he's one of our own. What weight does that carry for you? For me, it doesn't carry all that much. It's great to see Hayland Academy products playing at the highest level for Arsenal. Of course it is. But is that so important to me that I'd sacrifice having a better team? And this is not about Saka specifically. I'm just, you know, would I would I accept having less of our own, if you like, if it made us more competitive? Absolutely, I would. Because ultimately, I just want Arsenal to win. Um, but look, 100 million, I would consider it. I would, because although I, I adore Bukayo Saka, I love his character, I love his temperament, I love the potential that he shows. I, I still think that we're taking a massive risk relying on him and Emil Smith Rowe, just, just to name a couple, two young players who we all adore because of their history, because of the fact that they are of our own, as, as we say. I feel like we're putting too much on them. And I feel like we might fall short this season as a result of that, uh, just in the instance that they can't produce the outputs that we need them to. Anyway, uh, I know a lot of people would disagree with me. Uh, Raddy says 200 million or nothing. I don't think you'd ever get 200 million for Bukayo Saka. Maybe Bukayo Saka in three, four years would be worth that if he could live up to that potential. But as I always say, potential means nothing if you don't fulfill it. Uh, Maximus says, I don't think we should even be discussing about a Saka sale. Sends out extremely wrong signals. He may not be the finished article, but he has an extremely high seeding. Yeah, agreed. Um, but sometimes, as I say, you know, sometimes, as I say, you know, you can talk about potential, but it doesn't mean anything unless you get to that level. So, you know, Bukayo Saka now might have the potential of going on to be 150 million pound player, but if he never gets there, that figure is is false. Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyway, let's see uh, what else we've got 
in the uh, chat box. Um, da, 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 da. Let's see what else we've got. Uh, Paul, going back to Ivan Tony's comment, he says, Ivan Tony's comment is a sad reality. However, our manager and the lads should see this as a wake up call and prove him wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I keep saying it, you know, we can channel that in the right way. We should channel that in the right way, but it still doesn't make me, uh, agree with the comments from Ivan Tony and agree with the way he's gone about it. I think it's disgusting. And, uh, I, you know, I, I like Brentford. I do. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't care if Ivan Tony didn't score a goal all season now off the back of that, to be honest. Not that I'm bitter or anything, but, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, let's take uh, f one final comment uh, before we uh, we drop off. Uh, Nikoma says, but Harry, we have gone for a young squad. Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe are the elder statesmen now. Yeah, agreed. And And that goes back to that point I keep on making. You can put them as the elder statesmen in theory. You can see them as senior players. You can regard them as key components to this team. But are we doing it too soon? Are we giving them that role at a point where they're not ready to live up to it? Because if you think back to, to Arsenal teams of years gone by, the Arsenal teams that used to finish in the top four, for example, you had... Um, you had... For example, Alexis Sanchez, key player, playing in a wide position, chipped in with a vast amount of goals. Neither of those two players are comparable at this stage in their careers to peak Alexis Sanchez. And there you see the level, the difference in level, the drop-off. And I, and I feel like we, we're almost saying to these two young lads that we've given you your contracts and, and that's great and I'm, I'm all for the club tying them down. But now is your time when actually maybe we should have supplemented their talent and their quality with some more experience and some players that you're guaranteed to get certain outputs from to kind of take some of the um, to kind of take some of the uh, the pressure off those two lads so that they can develop and improve in an environment whereby they're watching more seasoned professionals, players who are currently better than them in their position so that they can learn and they can develop and they can someday get to that point. Whereas now it's like, well, who are they learning off? Who are they looking at? Are they going to develop enough as a result of not having any role models? And are we asking too much of them at this early stage in the career? So much so that they may find their confidence taking a beat. And I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about that. It is something that I've been worried about for weeks. And the more I watch them and I watch, for example, Saka got into a couple of positions on the weekend. Emil Smith-Rowe got into a couple of positions. Emil Smith-Rowe got into a really good position at Brentford as well, where he got in front of goal and you got an opportunity to score. Um, and, and he just lacks that conviction. And that kind of being cold in front of goal, that's really imperative, I think, in, in those positions that those two guys play, because you expect them to score regularly. You expect them to contribute a significant portion of Arsenal's goals and assists over the course of the campaign. And if they're not making the right decisions in those positions week in, week out, then that hinders the team. And, and that's my worry. There is nobody for Emil Smith-Rowe as a young attacking midfielder to look at and say, he is the benchmark. This is what I need to be. And I watch him every day in training. And this is what I need to see. 
you know, sorry, this is what I need to aspire to. This is the level I need to get to. Same for Bukayo Saka. You know, who has he got to look at winger-wise? I think that was a lot of the reason why they brought Willian into the club, but obviously it didn't work out. But as, as much as I think Nicola Pepe is a handy player and I think that he does cause opponents problems, is he that good that Bukayo Saka will watch him in training and say, yeah, this guy's the benchmark. This is what I need to get to. You could even make the case that Saka is better than Pepe. And 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 this is my issue with this approach that we're taking. It is the approach that we're taking. And, I and you know, we kind of, to a degree, got to like it or lump it and get behind it. But you you develop these kinds of players by, I think, has, what's the word? Filtering them into a squad that already has the quality, that already has the ability, that already has the seasoned professionals, the experienced professionals who are people that they can look up to. And I'm not sure that we have that in this group. And that's my part of my worry about Saka, about Smith Rowe. You could say it about Ben White. You could say it about Gabriel as well. Stan points out in the comments that you could say it about our centre-backs. It's absolutely right. And this is my my issue. You look at somebody like, I don't know, Phil Foden, incredible talent, right? Phenomenal talent. In my opinion, he's more talented than Bukayo Saka. Sorry, Arsenal fans weren't like that. I think naturally he's got more ability. But look how long it's taken Phil Foden being on the peripheries of that Manchester City team. You know, Pep Guardiola wouldn't play him for Toffee at one stage, but he was getting opportunities. He was getting... 20 minutes here, 15 minutes there. And he was looking at Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez. He was looking at Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, all top, top quality players that every day in training, he can look across it and say, yeah, I'll take something from him. I'll take something from him. I'll take a bit from here and a bit from there. And I will become a more complete and rounded player. I will learn from being with top quality players with a top quality coach. And there is still doubt around whether we have a top quality coach. We definitely don't have top quality players for these guys to take inspiration from. And so I am concerned. I am. You know, that's where um, that's where I'm at with regards to those two. But yeah, we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but it was a good tangent. It was a good chat and I've uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, right. I am going to leave it there because... Um, the evening is upon us here in London. I'm going to go and have some dinner. I'm going to go and sit down, watch some Champions League football. I love the Champions League and it really hurts me that we're not in it. But looking forward to Barcelona versus Bayern Munich tonight. That should be a, a decent watch. I might put out a little short video after the game if there's a, if it was a decent watch and it's worth talking about. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Might drop something on the channel, non-Arsenal related, of course looking at some of those Champions League fixtures. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, guys, please do hit that like button. As I say, it really, really does help the channel. Um, thank you for all your constant support. It is very much appreciated. I think we're just five or six likes away from hitting the 100 mark, uh, which is fantastic. So please uh, do that. As I say, subscribe if you haven't done so already. For listening, why they will do, leave us a review. And we'll be back either later on or tomorrow with some more Arsenal-related content. Until then, ciao for now. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast.
Simeon. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.